Good afternoon. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Vineyard on Christmas Eve. We're so glad that you've decided to join us. Hopefully you were able to grab a, uh, a warm beverage. If you didn't get a chance to grab one, you can still do that. Uh, there is childcare available for kids under five downstairs, but all the other kids are with us, and we have some cool activity bags that are right back outside those doors that you can uh, grab. Here's what you can expect. Uh, we are going to be in here for about an hour or so. We're going to sing some Christmas carols. We're going to worship Christ together. We're going to read a few familiar passages of Scripture. And we're also going to like hear the story from the point of view of some of the folks who were there. And then I'll give us a short talk about receiving God's presence, His gift to us uh, this uh, Christmas. So again, thank you for joining us. Let me pray, and we will continue. Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you for your life, your presence here with us. Thank you for the birth of your Son that we celebrate, the life he lived and continues to live. And we just welcome you into every part of our lives. Would you put your power on these stories, on these old passages, and even on these songs? We want to experience you and your love. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Let's continue to worship. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness, drive the dark and out away. Giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light. Stars and angels sing around the center of unbroken praise. Field and forest, vale and mountain, flowering meadow, flashing sea, chanting bird and flowing fountain, call us to rejoice in thee. Music, music. 
Oh, come. 
Have a seat. Hey, Merry Christmas, Merry everyone. Christmas. I am Brian. Hi, I'm Steph. And we want to welcome all of you here that are in person as well as we're streaming this service. So welcome everybody that is joining us online. Yes. So hey, here at the Duluth Vineyard, we are a group of uh, folks from a bunch of different backgrounds, but we're all centered in on the same thing. We want to love and experience God. We want to love one another really, really well. And we want to partner with Christ to bring healing to our world, which is so, so necessary. And so we're really grateful that you've been able to join us on Christmas Eve uh, to celebrate uh, the birth of Jesus. Yeah, and so we want to just help you be as comfortable as possible while you're here with us today. And so we just wanted to cover a few housekeeping things. The first is that if you didn't notice, there is free hot chocolate, cappuccinos, and coffee all out in the lobby. So you can help yourself to as much as you would like. Yes, children, as much as you would like. Okay? Just don't throw it's just up. It's like grandma, right? You know? Yes, yeah. exactly. You're at grandma's house now. <laughs> Um, so, yes, help yourself at, at any point during the service. Um, we also would like to point out where the bathrooms are, because if you have not been in this building before, <laughs> it's a little bit big. So if you head out these doors and you take a left, the bathrooms are right out here in the main lobby, and then there's a hallway down here. You can take that if you'd like to use a single stall. And then lastly, kids. We love kids. We have a high value on kids and their uh, participation in the things that we're doing. And so we have activity bags for the kids during the service today. So if you didn't grab one of those, you can head out into the lobby and you can grab one and they'll hopefully... Help and we're not carding people, right? Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get carded. So, you know, like kids and kids at heart, like I would probably take one if I'm honest. <laughs> so help yourselves. That's awesome. Hey, and if you really enjoy what's going on here, maybe you're brand new to checking out the vineyard, uh, we want to invite you back to our weekend services. Uh, we do 9 and 11 here at our Arrowhead location every Sunday. Uh, we also stream those online. So those of you guys that are joining us online, uh, we've got a team of folks that uh, are on those streams and praying for folks and interacting. And so it's been a fun little thing even coming out of the hard season of the pandemic uh, that we've been able to add. And on those Sunday mornings, uh, we've got activities for the kids, age-appropriate lessons, um, you know, tons of different community things. We've got stuff for youth as well as teaching and worship. So it's just a wonderful way for you, if you're looking to take the next step, um, to find some community, to build some relationships, and ultimately to grow in God. Uh, we'd love to have you back for that. Yes, and then our next two services. Oh, exactly. I totally forgot to talk about that. We got to so, talk yes. about those. So uh, with those, um, tomorrow, Christmas Day, and also New Year's Day, uh, we're going to be online only. Uh, we've got a couple hundred folks that help us to uh, pull together our services, and so we just want to say thank you um, during this holiday season. So 10 a.m. tomorrow, and then 10 a.m. on January 1st, we're going to be streaming our services, and then January 8th, We'll be back here in person. Yes, that's Thanks right. Thanks for helping me remember all that's of that. That's why I'm here. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, the very reason that we're here 
at this moment today is because we're celebrating Jesus. God sent Jesus to rescue us so that we can have a relationship with God and live an incredibly flourishing, beautiful life. And that doesn't just happen on Sundays. That happens through intentional community and that happens through learning who God has made us to be. And so we offer a number of small groups. We actually have some fresh small mm-hmm. groups starting up here in February, as well as a number of different classes and courses that you can take to really develop who you are and what God is doing inside of you. And so if you'd like to know more about some of the things that are happening outside of Sundays, uh, we have this thing called The Current Magazine. You can grab that on your way out. It's out in the lobby on your fifth cappuccino. Mm-hmm. You know, you like <laughs> shake it while you read it. Um, you can grab one of those and it'll tell you everything that's going on and we would love to invite you into more of this beautiful community. That's great. Hey, one last thing. Uh, Christmas is a time where we celebrate traditions uh, in our families and in so many different ways. And one of the traditions that we have here at the Duluth Vineyard is every Christmas Eve, uh, we receive a special offering. And then we give the whole thing away. The whole thing. Um, So I've been on staff here six years, and I remember the first time I experienced it, I was just like so blown away by this tradition and people's generosity. Uh, So what we do when we receive that offering, we give half away to a missions partnership around the world, and then the other half goes to some um, partner, um, uh, a a nonprofit organization, or some kind of initiative uh, that we want to support this coming year. So uh, this year, for our missions partnership, we're once again going to be giving that portion uh, to uh, our friends over in Rwanda. Uh, We have officially joined a missions partnership uh, with the uh, Kigali Rwanda uh, Vineyard your church over there. Uh, We did our offering uh, portion for the missions with them last year, and we're able to help them build a kitchen. Listen to this that they serve 180 kids breakfast like every single day at school. And That's so amazing. Uh, you find out that kids learn better when they have full stomachs. Absolutely. And so uh, we're excited this year to be able to give towards them again. Uh, they've got a church. They've got a school. Um, tons of different discipleship happening and helping them to take next steps in just rounding out their campus and going at all of those things with discipleship and growth. So that's what's happening across the seas, um, missions partnership. And then locally, uh, the, that half's going to go to uh, the Stepping On Up um, initiative that a number of organizations around our city are joining in to address the really uh, significant problem of homelessness uh, here in Duluth. And so that's coming at it from a couple different angles. One, um, just meeting some acute needs, like it is really cold outside. And so we've got warming centers that are happening uh, in Duluth. Those are typically at or over capacity. Uh, They're working on things, giving hygiene packets and those kinds of things, and also working towards some longer-term solutions uh, in addressing homelessness. So we would invite you to uh, just be praying um, right now and um, consider giving to uh, these things as we are expressing God's generosity uh, towards us uh, in Jesus. And so in just a moment, we'll have the offering team come by. They'll be passing the baskets uh, that you can give cash or check in that way. Or um, you can also give electronically. So if you're online, there should be a button there uh, if you're watching this uh, on the live stream. Or you can also go to our website, DuluthVineyard.org, and there's a drop-down box on the Give tab uh, where you can choose Christmas offering. Uh, but you can also give uh, right here in person by a caster check. you want to pray for us, Steph? I'd love to. Jesus, thank you that we get to come together and celebrate you and what it means to have you here in the world among us so that we can live a flourishing life. And I ask Jesus that you would help us to live out the generous life that you are calling us towards and that you would bless the offering 
and use it to further your kingdom. Thank you for coming to be our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Team's going to lead us another song as we go ahead and receive our offering. Chapter 2, starting in verse 1. In those days, 
Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. The innkeeper. Now that was a long, long time ago, and it all happened very far away from here. But you know what they say, people, they, they don't forget. And uh, people certainly haven't forgotten my sad and strange part in this story, unless maybe, just maybe, they've forgotten the actual truth of it all. And you can never really blame people for forgetting the truth because it is, after all, kind of an elusive thing. In fact, all that really separates the truth from a lie sometimes is the fluttering of an eyelash or even the tone of voice. So, for example, if I were to roll my eyes and say, yeah, I believe, that would be a lie. But if I were to look you right in your eye and say, yeah, I believe, that, that might be the truth. So I don't blame people for forgetting and making me out to be the dark villain of this story. You know, the heartless one who turned out the pregnant lady and said, nope, no more room at the end. And I'll even grant you that maybe, maybe I am partially a villain in this story. But if you want the whole truth, when you call me the bad guy, you should do it with a little bit of hesitation and maybe even a little tear in your eye because nothing is as dark as it actually seems, not even the human heart. So today, I want to speak to you person to person, not as some idealist, but as a realist. Do you know what it's like to run an inn? Do you know what it's like to run a business, to have a family that's looking and depending on you? Do you know what it's like to run anything in the world for that matter? It's like, It's like being lost in a forest of a million little trees. And each tree is a a task that needs to be done, something that you have to do. Do Do the beds have fresh linen? Did the kids put their coats on when they went outside this morning? Is is there gonna be enough money for tomorrow? Did that bill get mailed? Did that letter get read? You know, today is a good day. We have warm food in our bellies. We have clothes on our back. The fire is stoked. There's heat. Is that going to be the case tomorrow? There's a million trees. There's a million little things to do. And so finally, all we see is the trees, the sparrow lying in the dust at our feet. It's just something to be kicked out of the way. It doesn't hold the mystery of death the children playing outside our window. That's just noise. That's just, that's just the distraction. It's not the miracle of pure joy. It's not the miracle of being fully alive. And that whispering in the air, 
that comes suddenly and softly from nowhere. Well, that, that's just the wind, right? That, is that just the wind? Well, of course, I remember the, the evening they arrived. I remember it very well. I was sitting at my desk, I was working on my accounts, and I looked up just in time to see her coming through the door. And she walked in that slow, lumbering way that only pregnant women do who are late in term. You know the walk I'm talking about, where they're, they're walking like they're going through a dream or they're stuck on the bottom of the ocean. And her husband, he, was, he came through the door after her, just a little ways behind and he, he seemed like a kind of a tongue-tied, clueless individual. At least that's the, that's the read I got on him. And I, I can't really remember if they, if they said anything. I mostly just remember the silence, although I suppose they probably did say something. It's mostly the silence. And it was that clumsy silence of the poor. You know what I mean. And they, it, was, it was pretty clear what they wanted. And the stars, the stars had come out. You know, it's strange that I remember the stars so clearly, but when I close my eyes, I see them. And then I was sitting inside at my desk. So when they, when they came in, I didn't stand to greet them. I just sat there in that awkward silence. And then it happened much the way that you read about. And I didn't lie to them about, being, uh, about not having a room. There really was no room. Although between you and me, if there had been a room, I might have thought about lying to them about it. They didn't really look like in people. They looked more like stable people. And I don't say that cruelly. It's just the truth. God knows the truth. So later that night, when the baby came, I, I wasn't there. I was lost somewhere in that forest of, of a million trees. You know the forest I'm talking about. I remember there's 15 steps down on the cellar. You had to duck your head so you didn't smack it on the beam going down. Turn left. There's the firewood. Armful of firewood. 15 steps back up the stairs. Got to stoke the fire, we'll freeze to death. And I remember, I remember the wind. Was it, was it really just the wind? So when the baby came, I wasn't around. I didn't see any of it. As for what I heard, just at that moment of birth, when nobody turns into somebody, I guess, I guess I don't really know what I heard then either. But I do know this. True love. All your life you wait for it. You do, I do, we all do. We wait for our destiny. We wait for our joy, for our heart's desire. So my friends, it, it pains me to say it. But in that moment, when he came, when true love came, I missed it. There were too many trees too many little things, and I couldn't see them. So pray for me, brothers and sisters. Pray for the innkeeper. Pray for me. Pray for all of us, my true love.
shall come to thee, O Israel.
Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. The wise man. Beware of beautiful strangers. Avoid traveling by water on Fridays. And the sun is moving into the house of Venus, so affairs of the heart will prosper. We said all this to Herod or something along those lines. And of course it meant next to nothing. To have told him of anything of real value, we would have had to spend weeks of study, months, calculating the conjunction of the planets at the precise moments of his birth, the births of his parents and the parents of the fourth generation. But Herod knew nothing of this, and he jumped at the nonsense we threw him like a hungry dog, and he thanked us for it. Lost man, you see, even though he was a king, he was not really a Jew, not a Roman, and he was at home nowhere, and he believed in nothing. Not the Olympian Zeus, nor the Holy One of Israel, who cannot be named. So he was ready to jump at anything, and he swallowed our little jingle hole. But it could hardly have been more obvious that the jingles were the least of what he wanted from us. Go and find me that child, the king told us, and as he spoke, his fingers trembled together so that the emeralds rattled together like teeth. I want to come and worship him, he said. And when he said that, his hands were as still as death. Death, I ask you, does a man need the stars to tell him that no king has ever bowed down to another king? He took us for children, that sly, lost old fox. So it was like children that we answered him. Yes, of course. And we went on our way. His hands fluttered to his throat like moths. So why did we travel so far to be there when it happened? And why was it not just enough to know the secret without having to be there ourselves to behold it? To this, not even the stars had an answer. I could not have told you at all why we went. It was a voice deep within us that simply said, go. And that voice was as deep as the stars are deep within the sky. Not that we didn't have any purpose in going. I mean, we had so many motives. Curiosity, I suppose, was our largest motive. To be wise is to be eternally curious. And we were very wise. We wanted to see for ourselves this one to whom even the stars are said to bow down. To see if perhaps it was really true that, that, it, was, that it was he. Because even the wise sometimes have their doubts. We have longings. Why will a man who is dying of thirst travel miles at, simply at the possibility of water? And why will a, a man labor all of his life just to leave something to his friends, his relatives, when he passes? So finally we got to the place where the star pointed us, and it was night. It was very cold. The innkeeper showed us the way that he did not have to show us. He was a harebrained, busy man. The odor of the hay was sweet. The cattle's breath came out in little puffs of mist. The man and the woman. Between them was the king. We did not stay long. Only a few minutes as the clock goes, but maybe thousands, tens of thousands of years. We set our foolish gifts down on the straw and then we left. 
I'll tell you two terrible things. What we saw on the face of this newborn child was his death. A fool could have seen it as well. It sat on his head like a crown, this death that he would die. And when we saw it, as sure as the earth was beneath our feet, that to stay with him, we would have to share in that death. That's why we left, giving only our gifts and withholding all the rest. And now, people, I'll ask you two terrible questions. And God knows I also ask it of myself. Is the truth beyond all truths, beyond the stars, just this? That to live without him is the real death, and that to die with him is the only life? God rest you merry gentlemen Let nothing you dismay That Jesus Christ our Savior Was born on Christmas Day To save us all from Satan's power When we were gone astray Oh, tidings of comfort and joy Comfort and joy Oh, tidings of comfort and joy From God our Heavenly Father A blessed angel came And unto certain shepherds brought The tidings of the same How that in Bethlehem was born The Son of Man by name Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. fed on hay his mother Mary crying out unto the Lord did pray 
Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Shall come to thee, O Israel. Shall come to thee, O Israel. Luke chapter 2. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. The shepherd. Night was coming on, and, and it, was, it was cold. And, and I was awful hungry. I had finished all the bread that I had in my sack, and my gut... It's still like for more. And then I noticed my cousin, who is a shepherd like me, about to throw away a crust that he didn't want. And I said, throw the crust to me, Ezra. And, and he did throw the crust, but it landed between us in the mud. And the sheep had been there and mucked it up, but I grabbed it anyway. And I, I stuffed it in, mud and all, into my mouth. And as... As I was eating it, I, I suddenly saw myself. It was as if I was not only a girl eating, but, but a girl watching the girl eating. And I thought, this, this is who I am. I am a girl who eats muddy bread. And I thought, the bread is very good. And I thought, uh, and the mud is good So I opened my muddy mouth full of bread, and I yelled to my friends, By God, it's good! And they thought I was a complete fool, but they saw what I meant. And we saw everything that night. Everything. 
I make you understand, I wonder. Have you ever had this happen to you? You've been working hard all day, and you're dog tired, bone tired, and you slump down under a tree or against a rock, and you just sit there in a daze for half an hour or a million years, I don't know. And all this time, your eyes are wide open, and you're looking straight ahead at something, but you don't see a thing. Your eyes are so tired and glassy, you don't see anything, nothing. I mean, you could be dead for all you notice. And then, little by little, you begin to come to. And all of a sudden, you find that you've been looking at at something like the whole time, but it's only now that you really see it. One of the ewe lambs, maybe with its its foot caught under a rock, or or the moon scorching a hole through the clouds. It was there. It was there the whole time. And you were looking at it the whole time, but you just didn't see it until just now. And that's how it was this night anyway, like finally, finally coming to not things coming out of nowhere that had never been before, but things just coming into focus that had been there always. And, and such things, the air, it wasn't just emptiness anymore. It was, it was alive and brightness everywhere, dipping, wheeling like a, like a flock of birds. And what you always thought was silence, it stopped being silent. And it turned into the beating of wings, thousands and, and thousands of them, only not just wings. I mean, as you came to more, but voices, wild and high like trumpets. And the, the words, <laughs> the words I can never remember. <laughs> But something like what I'd yelled with my mouth full of bread, by God, it's good. The crust, the mud, everything, everything. And, oh well, if you think that we were out of our minds, you're right, of course. And you know, it's just like getting out of jail. I can see us still at the squint-eyed one who always complained of sore feet and, and the little sawed-off one who would outswear a Roman <laughs> and Ezra who blushed like a girl every time Miriam looked at him. And we all tore off across that muddy field like drunks at a fair. And drunk we were, crazy drunk, splashing through a sea of, of wings and moonlight and the silvery wool of the sheep. Was it night? Was it day? Did our feet touch the ground? Shh, shh, You'll wake up my guests, said the innkeeper. We met coming in the other direction with his arms full of wood. And, and when we got there to the shed out back, the three travelers were there. One of them, he held up a finger to his lips. At the eye of a storm, you know, there's, there's no wind. <laughs> Nothing moves. Nothing breathes. Even 
Silence keeps silent. So hush, now hush. There he is. You see him? You see him? By almighty God, brothers and sisters, open your eyes. Listen.
Well, the whole story is kind of amazing, isn't it? It's a little crazy if you just stop to think about it even a tiny bit. And it runs so contrary to kind of our cultural story of Santa. I mean, almost complete opposite. One of my friends summed it up this way. He said, God didn't send Santa into the world to point out who's been naughty and who's been nice. God sent Jesus into the world to be the savior of the naughty and the nice. I think all of us fit within that category somewhere. Christmas actually does remind us that God's not distant or detached. He's not just a scent of ideas to be intellectually wrestled with. He's not just a concept to be understood by philosophers in cold terms like the unmoved mover. Christianity is not just a new positive mindset or something like that. We read in the Gospels the story of a real person, Jesus, who comes on the scene in a story of other named people and specific places and events. This is a real birth experience with all the sights and sounds and smells of that. The hope we celebrate at Christmas, uh, of, uh, of a wonderful poet from the UK writes, the hope we celebrate at Christmas, the miracle of Christmas, was that this unknowable, unnameable, utterly holy Lord, choose out of his own free will and out of his love for us to become known, to bear a name and to meet us right where we're at. If you think about it, God chose to come as a helpless infant to bring joy to every single one of us. He chose to allow himself to be brutally crucified to show us the depth of that love. He chose the antithesis of brute power to show us a strength that breaks through every single barrier you and I might try to put in the way. Again, one other quote, Esau McCulley, if the Christmas story reveals anything, it shows that God chose weakness and vulnerability as a means of calming the fears of a troubled world. And that same weakness reappears during the crucifixion when Jesus chose to love his enemies right to the end rather than take vengeance on them. And frankly, this is where it gets difficult for you and I. Because we're talking about accepting God on his terms. We're talking about surrendering to God on his terms. And I honestly think that's the hardest part. Because the reality is we constantly measure God on our terms. When life is difficult, when someone we love is suffering, when we're feeling overwhelmed, when we don't think that we get what we deserve, when we deserve it, we often say, well, why can't God be more like me? Why can't God see the world the way that I see it? When Christ appeared, many people struggled to accept the way that he came. He was too normal. Come on, he's a simple son of a carpenter. We know where you grew up. He was too radical. He was eating and drinking with all the wrong people, turning water into wine, probably way too much of it. And he was not radical enough. He said very little to confront the Roman occupiers or address the issues that we think he should address. But here's the interesting part. Those who were in touch with their needs, those who knew their poverty and their neediness, those who were on the outside looking in, those who were hungry and lonely and outcast and desperate, those were the folks who pushed through the crowds and climbed the trees and way annoyingly kept shouting to get his attention from the side of the road. And do you know what? Those are the folks whose needs and longings were actually met by the power 
and the presence of God available in the person of Jesus. So the innkeeper, just so busy, a little self-absorbed. And I love that line, when my own true love came, I missed him. Later in his life, I bet the innkeeper wished he'd made more room in the inn and in his own life, more room than he thought he had for Jesus. What about you and I? Our lives are sometimes so full, filled to the brim, so busy, that it's easy to get out of touch with the needs that we have lying just under the surface until something difficult comes along. And then suddenly, we're flooded with emotion. We're overwhelmed. We mistakenly think it's a mark of maturity to not have any needs or at least to not be aware of them. And it's actually just the opposite. Emotional, spiritual maturity requires an awareness of and an honest vulnerability about our needs. John, the apostle whom Jesus loved wrote this later in life. He said, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Like the innkeeper, every single one of us has a choice whether or not to receive him. The one who made everything, the one that brings light to everyone, My invitation is that we make room in our lives for the living God today. The wise man. I like that line. You do not need a miraculous star to tell you that no king bows down to another king. That kind of humility, that kind of vulnerability are incredibly rare. Herod wasn't about to bow down to this little one, this Emmanuel, this God with us, this king of kings. In fact, like all tyrants, it wasn't that long before he wanted to try to have him put to death. And the truth is, we haven't moved too far beyond that, if you just think about it. Humanity, human nature hasn't changed all that much. If anything threatens to take away my lordship, if anything threatens to take away our autonomy, we have to put it down. But to experience the life and the love that God offers requires unconditional surrender. It requires an abandonment to anything but the will of God. Remember the prayer Jesus taught us? Your kingdom come, your will be done right here, just like it is there. That's the prayer. That's the way to live this life. And there's a deep voice, there's a voice that's deep within us, just like the stars are in the sky, that's directing us, that's inviting us towards Emmanuel, the God who is with us. So the question for us is, will you only give a gift or will you give yourself? Will you allow that love really deep inside your life? And then lastly, there's the shepherd. The shepherds were not the ones normally invited to nice meals or celebrations. Because of their work on the hillsides, they didn't smell the best. They had muddy mouths. And I love the way that these are the people the angels invite. God shows up to personally invite the ones that we wouldn't think to invite. He lights up the sky with their invitation. That's amazing. I wonder how often... 
you and I see ourselves as unacceptable to be invited right into this very thing. Many of us suffer from a profound sense of unacceptability before a perfect creator. And so we set to work either comparing ourselves with others to try to find at least one part of one thing that we're better at, or we go to work addressing faults. I'll just work on this fault and then this fault and this fault, and finally I'll get to the end of my faults and I'll be perfect, and then God will accept me. If you've tried either one of those, you realize you never run out of faults. The more you work on them, they just keep piling up. The way we become actually acceptable is through surrender. It's not through hard work. It's through surrender and in that being vitally connected to God. This is the way that John wrote it at the end of that passage. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. To receive is to actually take something and put it into use. To believe is to stake your life on it. It's not just a thing that's out there that I'm considering, but it's actually a part of my life. That's my invitation on this Christmas Eve. That we would allow God's love, his acceptance and welcome of us in Jesus to be something that we accept and unconditionally surrender to. In fact, I'm going to just pray here in a moment a prayer of what I call unconditional surrender to the God who has loved you since long before you were born. I want to personally invite you to actually receive that love. You know, people can give you a Christmas gift, but if you just like leave it there under the tree, you don't get to enjoy it. You have to like take it and you have to believe that it's for you. And that's what this love is really all about. And it seems way too simple that a, like, like, a, like a really simple reorientation actually changes the way we interact with God, but that's the way it works. You know, the, the wind that the innkeeper spoke of is written about in John chapter 3, that the Spirit of God, his love, actually moves like the wind. And most of the time, it's pretty subtle. And I think God's moving right now, like in this room, and drawing some of us into that surrender of him. And so here's what I want you to do. I'm going to pray this prayer of surrender, and I just invite you to pray along with me. This isn't about how you grew up in church or didn't grow up in church, or whether you consider yourself atheist, agnostic, or Catholic, or Lutheran, or like whatever. This isn't about that at all. This is about allowing God's love to actually go deep in our lives. And I'd just like you to pray it along with me, especially if you've never prayed something like this. Just make these words your own. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you for the way that you created us and the way that you love us and the way that you show up in a real place and time in human history to rescue us. Christmas is all about your rescue. God, I love the way you spoke about your rescue throughout the whole Old Testament. And then you made good on your word. And I'm asking you tonight, Lord, would you make good on your word to each one of us? That if we receive, that if we believe, that you actually make us your children. You welcome us into your family in a whole different kind of way. And you put your spirit within us 
so that now we're personally connected to you. And so we say, Father, I want to surrender to your amazing love. I want your love of me, right where I'm at with all my imperfections, to invade my life. I want to know you and your forgiveness in my life. I want to know you in every single part of my life. And so, Father, I ask that you would forgive my sin based on what Jesus has done on the cross. Forgive me. Would you be my Savior? Would you forgive me and cleanse me? And would you come into my life? I surrender to you. Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Would you come and take control and clean up the mess that I've made? It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. That's a really simple prayer of surrender. You can use different words, but what it is, it's just it's me submitting myself to God and asking him to fill me up. And here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to take this just a little step further. There's some of us here in this room or even online uh, today that maybe you prayed that kind of a prayer for the very first time. Like maybe that's the first time that you've actually taken that step. And I'm going to ask you in just a second just to stand up right where you're at so that I can pray for you for this Christmas that God's love would really go deep in your life, that you'd experience the Holy Spirit. And then once I'm done with that, I'm going to ask more of us to stand up because for some of us, this story of Christmas kind of runs like a background song. Picture annoying Christmas music at the mall in our lives. It just kind of runs like a background song. And I think God wants to move it into the foreground. Not the annoying part, but that feeling of being loved. And I just want to pray for us right before we sing our last song and we kind of walk out the door that God's Spirit would meet us right where we're at this year in a really powerful way. So if that's you, if you prayed that song, I mean, not prayed that, prayed that prayer really for the first time, like surrendering your life to Jesus and beginning to feel his love, would you be so bold as just to stand up right where you're at? Because we want to pray for you and we want to celebrate with you. Receiving Christ's love really for the first time is the best gift you could possibly receive at Christmas. So if that's you right now, go ahead and stand up. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? I want to pray for these folks here just for a second. So Holy Spirit, thank you. God bless you. Thank you for your love and your grace in our lives, for the way that you welcome us into your arms in ways that we could never imagine. And Lord, I ask that you would let your love just go deep. Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Would you change things we could never change? We welcome you right to the middle, right to the center of everything in our lives. And so now there's others of us. That song has been running in the background for a while. Maybe we gave our lives to Christ at some point in a surrender, but it's kind of been in the background. I want to invite you to put that right back in the foreground. And if you're here with your family, if you're married, and you just go, you know what, we've been trying to do this actually without Christ in the foreground, without the presence of the Holy Spirit, I want to invite Christ in the presence, his presence right into my marriage, right into my family. If that's you, like just grab your family members' hands and stand up together. 
there's honestly no better gift we could give one another than to welcome him right into the middle of everything that we're doing. And so if you want to do that, if you want to make that kind of a commitment this evening, I'd like to invite you to do that. Because you want to invite Christ right into the middle of your relationships and everything else that's going on. If that's you, go ahead and stand up. God bless you guys. There's no better gift to give one another than this right here. This is it. So, Father, we do welcome you into all of our relationships. And we confess that it's so easy just to go through life with you kind of playing in the background and not really invite you to the center of who we are and what we're doing. And, Lord, it's with fear and trepidation sometimes that we just say, that's what we want. We don't even know how to do it, but that's what we want. And so, Lord, would you come and empower these families and these individuals to really bring you to the center Would you fill them with your Holy Spirit in a way beyond what they can imagine? Would you allow them to experience your grace and your peace in every single part of life? Can I have the rest of us stand up now as well? We're going to sing Silent Night together, which is this, this this really cool song of inviting God right into the midst of everything that we're going through. And then after that, we'll be officially dismissed. These guys will play another song after that, and you're free to hang out in here as long as you want to. There's a little a gift that we'd like to give you. If you prayed that prayer about inviting Jesus into the center of your life, especially for the first time, there's a little basket by the doors on your way out with a Bible and a little bit of a descriptor of what it means to follow Jesus in your life. Please feel free to grab one of those uh, on your way out the door just as a gift. We want to help you really grow in your relationship with Christ. Let's sing together. Silent night Holy night All is Oh 
stream from heaven afar heavenly host sing hallelujah Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born.
concludes our service so you're officially dismissed but if you want to continue to worship just a little bit more and celebrate the birth of Jesus we're going to do one more song so have a blessed day